Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Inside 10, 5, he's going in! Touchdown! Gunner Romney from 45 yards out. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Kingarf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Tonight, the BYU Cougars face the UCF Knights in the Boca Raton Bowl in Florida. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo, Utah, probably a few degrees cooler than what the players and coaches will feel tonight in Florida. Joining me from FAU Stadium is former BYU quarterback and our radio analyst, Riley Nelson. Riley, we have finally made it to the 12th game of the season in BYU's bowl game. That is amazing, my friend. It truly is, and to have what I think is uh, going to be a very competitive matchup to get to come. Think about this. Uh, Greg and I were talking about this. Navy was on the coast, right, getting all the way out to Annapolis, and then Coastal Carolina was all the way out there. Houston itself was even on the Gulf Coast. You know, you could consider that a coastal city. And then here we are now in Boca Raton right here as I'm looking out over the Atlantic Ocean. I can see the ocean here from the booth. So it's been, the Cougars have logged quite the miles, but it's been a tremendous season, and to culminate it here, in a bowl game against a quality opponent like this with one last statement to make is, uh, boy, consider hashtag blessed, I guess. Well, and and that's what I wanted to bring up. This isn't the bowl that most thought BYU would be playing in a few weeks ago. But in terms of the matchup, this is going to be a very good game. Honestly, one of the more entertaining games we may see in the uh, bowl series. Well, it's uh, (laughs) the program, the game program out here, the, they didn't say it might, or they said this matchup is sure to break records. <laughs> so whoever was writing the copy for the game program is feeling very bullish about this. But if you look at the over-unders, which is you know combined spo- points scored that people can bet against or that Vegas is predicting, this is the highest one among the bowl games. Um, these teams are two quality points. I mean, UCF has the three losses, but all three of those losses are one score, and they're all to quality teams, teams that have been ranked at some point. At this point in the season, you got Cincinnati, Tulsa, and then Memphis, and they were all dogfights as a team that's passing-wise throws up all sorts of numbers, scoring-wise throws up all sorts of numbers, and we know what BYU has done. They're t- they've maintained, uh, you know, basically built a residence in the top ten in all in most offensive and even defensive categories this season. So uh, it doesn't have maybe the mystique, uh, the prestige or the mystique of the New Year Six, but as far as quality football, I don't know that that BYU could have gotten much better than this. Before the Cougars face the Knights, let's get to the things that you need to know. All right, number one, BYU's stats have changed in the last two games. So in the first nine games of the season, the BYU offense was averaging 47.5 points per game. In the last two games, the Cougars are averaging 22.5. So there is a significant drop in scoring for the BYU offense. Also, in the first nine games, the BYU defense was giving up just 89 yards rushing per game. In the last two, that's now up to 225. Riley, is that a result of the opponents getting better? 
or have teams started to figure something out over the last couple of weeks? Well, I don't know necessarily. Uh, obviously, quality opponents. We know Coastal Carolina after BYU, they went ahead and so they they remain undefeated at eleven and zero, uh, and we know the quality of that program. And San Diego State is always solid despite finishing their regular season with a five hundred record. But I think more than figuring something out, I just think it has to do with the DNA of those two programs, which is possess the ball, limit opportunities for the opposing team's offense, and try and shorten the game. We were out of San Diego, the San Diego State from kick to end despite you know tv's best efforts was under three hours that's unheard of in college football this one expect to be uh, locked in with us as far as the game goes for more than four because there's going to be a lot of points a lot of stoppages uh, and this one's going to be much more of a track meet where those uh, two previous weeks have been wrestling matches and that brings us to number two the ucf offense is potent we obviously know what byu's offense can do we've seen it all season long But for the Knights, in the last 48 games, the UCF offense has scored less than 30 points just twice. That is a remarkable stat when you think about it. They are led by a fantastic quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. The offense right now, from a passing perspective, averaging about 373 yards per game. They're getting 212 rushing yards per game. 52% of UCF's plays are runs. So you think about them and you think of Gabriel and his ability to throw, but they are a run-first team. That's exactly what they want to do. And one thing that the BYU defense will certainly have to contend with today is the Knights' offense wanting to play up-tempo. Yeah, it's all about shots on goal, right? It's uh, If these guys, to use a basketball phrase, these guys never saw a play they didn't like or never saw a shot that they didn't like, right? Their whole goal is just try and get as many shots up in the air as they can. And and their point is the whole philosophy around this is that you're banking on defensive attrition and that because you do this week in, week out, and you're used to games where you are snapping the ball 80, 90 times and your opponents are used to snapping it somewhere around in the 60s, you are going to win that war of attrition on both sides of the football. And then it is based on solid foundational principles. I mean, nobody has figured out. Think of the great Mike Leaches and the air raids and the spread offenses and all of those. None of them have reached really, really stratospheric heights without basing their founda- the foundation of their offense on the run game, which is what UCF's trying to do here. Number three, the Cougars are 0-8 in the state of Florida. It is a bizarre, strange fact, but BYU has not won in the state of Florida. And in all honesty, what does that mean for tonight's game? Nothing. Because this team in particular, with all of the things that it brings, has never been in any of those games. So it really doesn't make, um, doesn't have any bearing on this game tonight. It's just one of those things that these players and coaches have been constantly asked about, and you know they want to just shut that up and finally get that win and move on. Yeah, I mean, we're not down in Louisiana. This, it's They're playing Creedence Clearwater Revival, Born on the Bayou, right, which makes me think of Louisiana, which makes me think of voodoo, right? I think that's what we're trying to do is speak. If we can talk about this 0-8-0-8, get it out. Get it out there. Get it aired out. And so we can just get a one in that win column. We can do. But listen, it is proven across college and professional sports that anytime you cross two time zones, it's an extremely difficult task, whether that's because of the physiology, the psychology, rest, whatever it is, uh, it's it's difficult across all levels and all sports. So that's uh, something that hopefully the staff and the players uh, have prepared for and, and acknowledged and made plans. Now, 
this is their third trip to the eastern seaboard, right? To the to all the way to the east coast uh, on a town and university that's on the Atlantic Ocean. So they're no strangers to it. It's definitely nobody's first time. Heck, it's the third time this season. So if any team, if any BYU team that's ventured into Florida, all all previous eight have come out unvictorious. If there's any team primed uh, to break it, it would be uh, this team. And finally, is this the last game for Zach Wilson and others? In a BYU uniform, Wilson is a projected uh, top-five quarterback in the upcoming draft, likely a top-ten pick by most accounts. Some have him as a top-five pick in the upcoming NFL draft. You also have players like Brady Christensen on the offensive line who has a decision to make as well. In terms, Riley, of, of Zach Wilson, I think the bigger surprise would be to see him come back but uh, we very well could be seeing a lot of very important Cougars playing their last game at BYU. Yeah, and we could definitely be seeing a lot of surprises coming back with this is with this is a a free year for most. I don't think, or, or maybe I shouldn't say coming back necessarily as they age out as seniors, but rather guys that we get to see uh, in a bonus year, it's guys who are underclassmen who are we're going to get to see for one yard. Well, what's going to be so interesting to me is what that does to the record book, especially when you got guys like Dax Mill and Gunnar Romney and all that. You know these wide receivers, and they've had such a good year with with Zach and all that. But going back to the initial part of your question, yeah, I think, Zach, look, the only thing is at this point the NFL guys, because they've been in the middle of the season, their evaluation really doesn't start until the regular season ends, the playoff begins. Now they've been sending scouts out to games, things like that, but general managers and player personnel, those guys have been working on putting together their 50 50- – three-man roster from week to week and they haven't necessarily delved into the draft the only way I could see Zach coming back is when he submits his evaluation somehow all the all the pundits have it wrong and he gets back from the NFL that maybe he's not a first or second round draft pick that he's more of a middle round guy and wants to come back and and uh improve that draft status as well as you know get another crack at Utah and some of these kind of other stories that have been floated out there but by all by all pundit accounts and you got to take all the journalists and all the pundits with a grain of salt because they are not actually the ones making the decisions at the 32 NFL franchises that there's a their opinion is the one that matters uh, but the pundits it is their job and their livelihood to at least be somewhat accurate on these projections and he is unanimously you know a first uh, a first-round talent to which that's an opportunity. I don't, as much as us as BYU fans would love to see him come back, knowing that he has some eligibility left, I mean, it's one we can all understand that that is a once-in-a-lifetime, even, I would say, for a football program, that's a once-in-a-generation yeah. opportunity that he has to take advantage of. Coming up next, we'll get to know the phone. We'll be talking with UCF radio analyst Gary Paris. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. BYU in the bowls once again, taking on UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. It's time to get to know the foe. Happy to be joined by Gary Paris. He is the radio analyst for UCF football. And, and Gary, in the break, we were talking about how excited we all are for this matchup. How excited are the night players and coaches with this matchup against BYU? Well, I think it shows a lot of respect for the the Cougars because this team is really excited about playing a quality team. 
And in, and in these bowl games, a lot of times I'm not knocking anybody. It's very seldom you get two big programs get a chance to play against each other. And for BYU and uh, UCF to play, everybody in the state of Florida is excited. that This is a big, big game for both our schools. Gary Dillon, Gabriel has captured all the headlines, much as much as Zach Wilson has in, uh, for BYU, and it's guys in the NFL love to point out that the quarterbacks never actually are on the field at the same time, so it's hard to say that they're dueling against each other. It's a te- it's the ultimate team sport, and it's team versus team. But uh, give BYU fans, as you've watched every UCF game so far this season, a little taste for Dylan Gabriel, who's really hitting his stride and maturing into the role as, as the leader of this offense. Yeah, as a natural sophomore, he has done really well. Did a great job as a uh, freshman last year coming out that year, you you didn't know what to expect as a sophomore. Teams are going to throw more at you. They're going to challenge you more, especially disguised in defenses. He's done a great job of being a leader on the field and command of the game. Not a lot of turnovers. Throws the ball well. He can throw it deep. He can throw it short. He's always looking downfield to throw the ball. Gary, I'm really curious to know what the layoff has done to UCF. How much of a concern is it that they haven't had a game in almost a month? Yeah, that does seem to always bother a team. But at the end of a season, we played nine games. We were kind of beat up a little bit. And I think getting that rest and getting guys ready, plus you get a lot of reps. You get This was kind of like... Part of it was like a spring practice for a lot of young kids that got a chance to get in there. And you you were resting your veterans. You were resting them, trying to get them a chance to heal up. So we'll find out. But I always think there's always going to be a little rust uh, when you you first go out, when you've been setting, you know, not competing at game speed. You can go to practice. You can run. But you don't get that contact, and it's not like it's game speed. One of the things that jumped out to me when previewing this matchup was the amount of turnovers that this UCF defense forces. They uh, truly, while they maybe not be the most stout in terms of yards and points, but boy, do they create chaos for the other team. What do you attribute to that to? Is that a mentality? Is that a scheme? Or is that just they've got some aggressive athletes that fly around? I would say the athleticism. I say we play a lot of young kids at times out there. We've been burnt. We've been, you know, as you, as you alluded to there, we may not have that real talented, really skillful team yet because we play a lot of young kids and we've gone through. Uh, we play a – one of the things our offense does, we put our defense in a bad position a lot of times because we score fast. They're back out on the field. And uh, that's hurt us. But the aggressiveness by Randy Shannon – uh, as the defensive coordinator, has been outstanding. These kids go, they hit, they uh, tackle well, they do things well, they just make a lot of mistakes at times out of position because they're a young team. And uh, when you play a real good team like we'll be playing tonight, you've got to play your some. You got to bring your A game to play a team like uh, BYU, who is disciplined out there, who doesn't make those kind of mistakes that a young team will do. Well, and to your point about how quickly the UCF offense scores, 
uh, I was talking with your play-by-play guy, with Mark Daniels, and he was telling us that UCF has not played a game under four hours all year long. So if anybody's hoping this is going to be a quick game, it's probably not going to be the case because the Knights haven't played a game under four hours, and that's all based off of scheme, right? Absolutely, and that's you're so right about the idea that we look at a game, a normal game will get over within three hours, 15 minutes, maybe three hours and a half if you if you push it. But here we are. We go at four hours. We've had them at four hours and 15, four hours and 20 minutes. It's, it's because the way our team, way we go at it, and, and when teams will slow the game down on purpose – against us you you'll see teams literally take time on their their offense and they'll slow the game down to try to keep us from getting back out on the field and that's one of the the biggest best defenses you will face as a team that will slow it down score and keep us off the field Gary, uh, Josh Heupel's familiar with the Cougars as he spent a couple years at Utah State and played them, and he was uh, he actually had a was able to produce a, a win during his time as an offensive coordinator at, at Utah State. So he's familiar with them. Talk about what he's him after Coach Frost leaving and him coming to UCF. It seems like he's continued the momentum, if not built upon it. Well, I think his he has both coaches were just. I'm gonna tell you, Scott Frost really had the. Uh, a great offensive mind coming out of Oregon, and he had uh, Mariota, Mariota there as their quarterback out there, and he brought him along, and then he comes here and he gets McKenzie Milton and takes McKenzie Milton and really built him into a, a, a fantastic young quarterback. And then you bring in Josh Heupel, who has a lot of the same mentality of that speeding, speed-up offense. You know, there was always... Excuse me. A thing about there's quick there's quick football and then there's UCF football. And uh, but uh, Josh Heupel is such a a student of the game. He studies the game. He's a he, you know he works with his quarterback. Having been a quarterback, he understands the game really well. And the kids relate to him because he can talk to him, them as though he were like he's a quarterback himself. Gary, before we let you go, last thing, what is the biggest concern for UCF in facing BYU tonight? The the cross-the-board talent, uh, your defense only gives up 14 points, I think, a game, and and, uh, we're used to scoring 44 points a game, and uh, there's a tremendous challenge there on both sides, but we respect your defense, and I think that's a compliment to uh, you, the, the coaching staff at BYU, and we respect your offense also. So we're, we've got to play a great game tonight to have a chance to, to win, and we know that. And I, and I think that you're going to see a team that's going to move the ball up and down the field and find a way to put some points on the board and uh, I'm looking forward to another four-hour football game, and uh, I'm looking for a great game. And I think the fans, the audience on TV, will enjoy these two programs. You got a quarterback that I think is one of is a top ten pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, it should be a fun one. A lot of offense expected in this one. It should be a good one. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. We really do appreciate it. Have a good call tonight. Thank you. There we go. My one-on-one with Dax Milne coming up a little bit later on in Shep Talk. But next, 
It's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU and UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl, FAU Stadium, which is where Riley Nelson is joining me. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo, Utah. And Riley, it's time for Cougar Cuts. And with the season stretching into December, BYU won't have the normal practice schedule heading into this bowl game. According to head coach Kalani Satake, this year's setup may actually be better. Normally, we'd be done with football and have those opportunities to get those practices in the way. So uh, this year has been a little different where the season has kind of extended. And so we've already been in role prep. Uh, the only difference is that we get to play games in between, you know. And so uh, the fact that we were able to play some games and get some experience for a lot of guys and um, a lot of young players are stepping up and made a lot of plays. And so I think this is, in a way, has been really probably more beneficial for us that we're able to uh, have bowl prep type of practices and then, you know, go and compete and allow these young people the, the underclassmen on our team with, that are inexperienced an opportunity to get out there and, and make some plays. Riley, I think that is a big advantage for BYU. And I, I would, we were just talking with Gary and talking about how UCF has not played a game in a month. Now, normally that's what you would do. You would have practices for about three weeks or so before you go to a bowl game under a normal schedule situation. But the fact that BYU has been able to continually play games and have that type of structure and game prep against a team that hasn't had a game in a month, I think that's a big-time advantage for the Cougars. Completely, unless you are getting beat up in those games, which BYU has, knock on wood, has avoided, right? So they come into this game relatively healthy. Obviously, you've got COVID hanging out there, but BYU has also been able to manage that extremely well with without feeling you know any impact on a significant broad level and, or having any key players uh, be held out of the game because of that. So it, I agree. It's to keep the rhythm and keep the pace. Anytime you can keep things as normal as possible, you know, get on that 7, 8, somewhere in there. Players nowadays are used to playing on Thursdays or a f- occasional Friday game. So, but as long as you can keep it in that, in that normal preparation window, far better – better rhythm of preparation happens as opposed to what was always so prevalent prior to 2020 of talking about the rust and the time off and the chemistry that might be lost a little bit from uh, not being able to play consistently. Despite having 10 wins, ranking in the top 20, and, and being in the national spotlight all season, senior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi says this team still has a lot to prove. There's always been kind of that question mark around BYU or maybe in that asterisk that just is like the past couple of years, like, are they power five worthy? You know, can they compete with these teams? Uh, and I think this season we've shown that we are and that we can compete with the best teams. I think that comment of proving ourselves is we're going to erase this question mark around BYU that we're a good team. The program is in good hands and the program will continue to be great. That's kind of what we have to prove right now. See, Riley, that comment right there, if BYU wins this game tonight, beyond all of these statistical things and how many yards the Cougar offense is putting up, I think that plays a major role in this game tonight. This team, and you heard similar things from Zach Wilson, that he doesn't want two losses, that they have something to prove. I think that motivation is going to be big for BYU. 
Yeah, and you got to, even though, if I'm Zach and, you know, I I don't know that he's made up his mind, but it's looking like this is going to be his last game. You want you always want to leave. It's from Boy Scouts, right? Leave the campground better than you found it, cleaner than you found it. Same thing here. Zach can really build some momentum to set this team up on a platform to when they return to normal scheduling of playing P5s and hopefully defeating P5s. You, you have a team like that as opposed to fizzling, losing two out of your last three, and people thinking like, oh, kind of – uh, that it reinforces that narrative that BYU critics have of oh it's same old BYU that you know they're a flash but they're never able to sustain. So I agree this game is extremely important for the profile of the university and building momentum year over year uh, in this uh, independence. Coming up next, I go one on one with Dax Milne in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union coming up right after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Tonight's Shep Talk is with Cougar receiver Dax Milne. Dax has been one of the best stories of this BYU football season. We all know his background as a walk-on on the team, but he has exploded this season to lead the team in receiving yards with 1,118 and eight receiving touchdowns, second only to Isaac Rex. And speaking of being a walk-on, today it was announced that Dax was named one of three finalists for the 2020 Burlesworth Trophy, given to the most outstanding football player who began his collegiate career as a walk-on. So congratulations to Dax. We'll see if he's able to take home that trophy. Dax has been ready to go each and every game. He's performed on the field, and I asked him how prepared the guys feel heading into this matchup. It's easy to say that um, we're all a little physically and mentally tired just because of how, how long the seasons have kind of been. We started back in July and, and it's all the way up until Christmas. And so, but I think we've done a good job of being mature and, and realizing that this, this isn't a vacation. Um, we uh, had a, have a great opportunity to go beat a great team. And um, so I think we've, we've done a good job. You know, usually in any normal year, you're going to play your final regular season game and then you're going to have almost a month off. Do you like the fact that this with the exception of a couple of days, is going to be like a game week leading into it. Yeah, I like that. Like you said in the past, it usually end the season after Thanksgiving a little bit, and then have some time off. But I, I like that we've just kind of been able to just ride ride our wave of uh, success and momentum into, into this game. It just feels like another another game, you know. What has this season meant to you on a personal level? Not just the accolades that that you've received and the yards and the numbers you've put up. When you look at the season, what's it meant to you? Hmm, uh, good question. I'd say um, it's meant – I don't know. I, I, I kind of came into the season uh, not knowing what to expect just because of the, all the COVID stuff, and, and I just feel blessed that we were able to get as many games as we did and, and have the success that we did. Uh, I also wanted to you know, make a point. We were you know, one of the top offenses in the, in the country, and I think we've, we've made that statement. And I think people have heard us loud and clear. You know, I want to follow up on that because both Isaiah and Zach mentioned still something to prove. This team still feels that it needs to prove itself. Why do you guys still feel that way? Yeah, I I totally agree with those guys. There is something still to prove. And even if we had 
um, gone undefeated to this point, I'd, I'd still say that there'd be something to prove. But I think it just adds a little bit more because of the loss against Coastal Carolina that there's still respect to be earned from around the country. And, and um, I think this is a good opportunity to do that. When you know you're going to go up against another offense that puts up a lot of numbers like you guys do, do you guys feel any added pressure to, to keep scoring? I know that's the plan every time you go out there. And for the most part, you've done that all year. But do you feel more pressure that you have to do that? I wouldn't say pressure is the right word. I, you know, me and their other receivers and Zach, when we talk about things like this, we kind of just ex- get excited, you know, if we're playing a really good offense. And we're like, all right, hey, it's going to be a shootout. And so it just gets exciting because we know that we have to go out and make plays and, and uh, step up for the team. And so they're also a very fast-paced offense. So they run a lot of plays, and that will give us the opportunity to run a lot of plays. So it's going to be a good one. One of the things in talking with their play-by-play guy, he was talking about the UCF defense. And he had mentioned how they've given up quite a bit of yardage, and they've got a pretty young secondary that a lot of teams have been able to take advantage of. When you look at the defense you'll face, what has stood out to you? What, what type of defense do you feel you guys are going to face? Yeah, as I've been looking at their defense, I've just noticed that they're all great athletes. Uh, the talent's there. I just think that we'll be able to win with just our our technique and just our will to win. You know, we've done it in the past, and I think we'll be able to do it uh, during this game as well. Has there been a highlight for you this season so far? Has there been anything that stood out more than another, or maybe it's yet to come? Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun moments, but I'd like to believe that there's that's the best ones yet to come. So. See. Now, I wanted to ask you about the story that BYU TV did on, on you and your family, the Deep Blue. That's gotten a lot of really good reception. In fact, I actually used it with my family on one of our home sacrament meetings. I showed it to the family. I'm curious what the reception, and by the way, for those that maybe haven't seen this, please go find that on the uh, BYU TV sports uh, page on YouTube. You got to check it out. What's been the response to that story about you and your family, specifically about your mom? I didn't really expect for it to reach out as far as it has um, in terms of just random people contacting me and, and my mom and other members of my family just saying you know, how much of an inspiration she is and and that they're even thinking about her and praying about her uh, even today, even though they don't even really know her. And so it's just been really uh, humbling and um, it just makes me happy that, that there's just people out there like that. So And everything on that front is good, correct? Yeah. Yep. She's, she's doing great. That's awesome. That's great news. All right, Dax, let's wrap things up with the final four. If you could have a Zoom conversation with anyone, who would it be? Oh, man, I'd say I'd say Chris Brown. He's my favorite artist, so it'd be cool to talk to him. Okay, Chris Brown, very nice. What is your cheat day snack, meal, or dessert? Oh, man, um, I'm not a huge dessert guy, but when it comes down to it, uh, I'll buckle for an uh, uh, Oreo shake. Nice, very nice. All right, what sport would you play if you didn't play football? Um, either basketball or golf. That's back-to-back weeks with golf. Isaiah Kafusi mentioned golf as well. If I'm putting it to you, you get to pick one. It's basketball or golf. What's it going to be? Okay, then I'll, I'll choose golf. By the way, are you a good golfer? I'd like to say I'm, I'm pretty good. Okay. All right, last question. What makes the 2020 BYU football team special? Well, usually I just say just the, the success talks for itself, but um, I think what makes us different and allows us to have that success is just our cohesion. Um, if, um, if anyone had the chance to you know, be in the locker room or just be around the guys, you'd be able to tell that um, 
everyone's actually just enjoys being around each other and there's actually real friendships in there. So that'll last a long time. Well, Dax, because of your class schedule, I've been trying to get you all season long and it just hasn't worked because, you know, you have school and stuff and that's kind of important. So I am really glad we were able to get you before the bowl game, Dax. You have had an amazing season. I know Cougar fans have been pumped to watch you and we're, we're excited to see you in the bowl game. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Jason. All right, that was Dax Milne, and yeah, I, I've been trying to get him all year long, so to be able to get him for the bowl game, I was very excited. And Riley, such a great story, we, and, and we've you know the, the walk-on stuff is talked about a lot, but when you look at the numbers and just how sure-handed he has been all year long, he has been such a weapon for this BYU offense. Yeah, and I love, so Dax went to Bingham, right? Yes. Yeah, so another uh, guy who, from my youth, being a kid growing up playing Little League and high school football in Utah, whenever you see a, a local guy make it at the D1 level, you're just you're in awe of that person. For me, that Bingham graduate, that Bingham minor back in the early 2000s was Kevin Curtis up at Utah State, who a lot of people remember went on to have a seven-year career, mostly with the uh, his biggest years were St. Louis Rams and then the, the Philadelphia Eagles, and hopefully Dax is on that trajectory. Uh, Kevin was a little bit more of a burner. Dax is more of a technician, uh, but both equally impressive players. Both started their careers as walk-ons, and uh, so anyway, it recalls me back to my youth, and I'm so uh, happy for Dax because he is bolstering uh, the dreams and aspirations of so many you know, fellow young kids like me who are little kids in Utah with dreams of playing big-time football, that there's a will. If you're willing to work and you're willing to stick with it, you can find your way onto the field and not just participate, but, but really thrive and produce as Dax has done this season. Yeah, certainly hoping for big yardage for Dax and lots of trips into the end zone tonight. Coming up next, it's our QB read with Riley. Riley taking center stage. Coming up on the other side, you're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. BYU and UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl, inching closer to kickoff from South Florida. Welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union, reward yourself with my style checking from Mountain America. Earn points towards travel, gift cards, events, and more. Details can be found at macu.com slash mystyle. Membership is required based on eligibility. It's time for our QB read with Riley. Riley, you dog. <laughs> Riley, you dog indeed. It's the bite that uh, will never get old to hear. Uh, so BYU's playing the Knights tonight, but you're finding quite a few similarities uh, in the game that BYU had against Coastal Carolina. Explain, my friend. Yeah, I just think that it's important to acknowledge uh, past experience. If you don't truly learn from your past experience, everybody talks about that. We're going to go and put on the film. We'll see what we did wrong, and we'll make and we'll make corrections. And da, da 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 da. Right? Like they say that after every game. I can only imagine how many times you and Greg. I've only been doing this two seasons, and I hear that so often in the post game. I'm sick of it. I can only imagine how many how many times you guys have heard that with how many post games that you've done. But <laughs> like, I hope that they take that to heart because I think there's some things, and this is more the, the dynamics of the game and all the things surrounding the game that I hope they learned from and made some adjustments. So 
the trip to the coast, that's obviously, uh, I, we talked about this earlier in the show, but crossing two time zone is not something to be trifled with. They came out a day early. They are treating this like a normal game, not uh, with the total pre-buildup of a bowl game. But they did come out on Sunday. They had a, went out and got a walkthrough, and hopefully they did some things there. So coming all the way to the coast, that's uh, that's something that – and, again, you don't freak out or you don't over-prepare for all these things, but you, but you need to acknowledge them and you need to prepare for them. The second similarity is w- while it's on the opposite end of the spectrum, they run a very unique scheme where Coastal Carolina was truly unique in their uh, – time of possession and slowing down the game and in ex in in designing their scheme to uh to that effect ucf is on the other side of the spectrum where they've designed their scheme to run as many plays as possible so you're playing you're coming all the way to the east coast you're playing a team with uh with a very unique scheme now there are some di- so you got to be prepared for both of those there and i'll talk about kind of Really quick, after I run through a couple of differences, I'll talk through how I would address that. The differences are, first and foremost, uh, you're not going to their home field. Even though in a COVID world, I think that Coastal Carolina Stadium was as rocking as, as possible, even though you know there was only a few thousand people there. But their fans were there. They were engaged. They were energetic. And uh, the good thing is, in the early signs, now we still got an hour and a quarter to uh, till kick, but the BYU fans are outnumbering the UCF fans probably two to one at this point, although there's maybe a couple hundred fans in the entire stadium. So neutral field obviously is going to make a big difference. You don't have the mojo. You also don't have your opponents not, not comfortable in their own backyard. Second thing is, uh, and this is, so this that's one that favors BYU. This is one that's going to pose maybe a little bit bigger challenge for BYU. There's going to be pros on the other side of the ball on this UCF team. UCF is an established program. They've been to two Fiesta Bowls. They've been to a Peach Bowl. They have a long history of a bowl program. They put you know Blake Bortles, their highest draft pick ever, third pick in the 2014 draft, as well as plenty of other uh, draft picks and NFL stars who – uh, you know, going all the way back to Dante Culpepper. So they're a much more established program than Coastal Carolina is. So BYU can expect uh, greater talent across, more depth, more skill and ability. Uh, the other difference back for BYU to consider that maybe plays as their favor is you don't have the undefeatedness, you don't have the quick turnaround, right? You don't have the two days notice, and you don't have uh, kind of all eyes on you. I do think they are going to have the majority of college football's eyes, but there's just not the hype. Game day's not here. Uh, they're they're not doing all those things. Which, as much as you uh, try and shield yourself from those distractions, they, if not in your conscious mind, they enter into your subconscious mind, and it's just one more thing to deal with. So, with those being the differences again, I think the best recipe for success to change your fortunes against Coastal Carolina for this UCF is you got to set specific goals, and I, I'm sure they did this, but hopefully they did it with a little bit more detail and a little bit more attention. Because when I watched that Coastal Carolina game and I went back, like the the, the trick plays, the going forward on fourth, they, I just didn't feel like BYU was staying true to their identity. And I feel one of the ways that you stay true to your identity is you got to have manageable goals for the game and then break it down quarter by quarter and even series by series. For the defense against a high-flying offense like this, and I'll credit Urban Meyer, I heard him talk about this on one of his Saturday morning kickoff shows, but he said when you're playing teams against high tempo, you know they're going to go up and down the field and they're going to score points. So you got to give your de- – he, he said he would always tell his teams – you got to get four stops. If you can get us four stops, one stop a quarter, their defense is not that. Then that will level the playing field for us. So the specific goal for the BYU defense is get one stop a quarter. That's all you got to do. And he used to 
create a board with a check mark, and when they'd get the stop, they'd put a check mark there, and uh, it was able to just keep their players focused on the moment and on the task at hand. And then, as far as the offense goes, you asked Dax about you know there's an exciting opportunity, and you get to be in a track meet, and it's like playing pickup basketball, and all you got to do is shoot threes. You don't have a coach telling you to run the offense, right? Well, that's a, exactly what you need to do. Is you need to stay within yourselves. You need to stay true to your identity. And what, so, what is BYU's identity? It's physical up front, establish the run with Tyler Algiers, and and be great in pass pro to allow uh, Zach Wilson to get back in the pocket and cook. So I can't let this segment end without going back to what you brought up at the very beginning of uh, the QB read with Riley when you're talking about kind of the coach speak, player speak yeah. comments. How many times do you think you personally gave either Greg or myself those same answers? Oh, yeah, I contributed to that very well. So I, I, I won't quote it, but Bull Durham, just go look up the YouTube because the movie's, you know, it's yeah. not as family-friendly. It's rated R, but there's a great scene in there. Look up Bull Durham speaking to the press, and there's a, a, a great scene in there. And that was what uh, my dad showed that to me back when I started getting interviewed in high school, and it's something I subscribed to throughout my whole career. So when you, when you uh, win 20 in the show, then you can have fungus on your shower shoes. (laughs) All right. Nice job, Riley. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard in Provo, Utah. Let's head out to the Boca Raton Bowl. We've already heard from Riley Nelson. He's been joining us for the entire show and now joining us. We always love our conversations with the voice of the Cougars. His name is Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. Hello, Shep. Nice work last night. Uh, you and Mark Durant calling another win for the Cougar Hoopsters. It yeah, nice. it's a fun one. 30 points for Brandon Avery. I know this isn't a basketball show. But he was on fire last night. What do you have, seven at halftime? Yeah, and it was uh, six threes for Brandon Averitt. So, uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow's game. You'll be back on the call against Weber State, the final non-conference game. Assuming all goes well yes, in the friendly I guess, skies I guess tomorrow, I yes. probably be prepared just in case there's a late <laughs> flight or something. Yeah. Now, believe me, uh, it's, an, it's early. I've got early on the agenda tomorrow to get yes. back in time. But, yeah, looking forward to it. So let's get into the football conversation. Uh, Kalani mentioned earlier today on BYU Sports Nation that both uh, Gunnar Romney, Tyler Algier are expected to play. That's certainly good news. Uh, big-time weapons that BYU needs. Uh, what else do you know? You talked with Kalani. Everybody will hear that conversation coming up in about 40 minutes or so. Uh, what else do you know personnel-wise? Well, closer to kick time, we'll talk about uh, some players who will not be suiting up uh, tonight. Uh, there, are some, uh, there are some players unavailable this evening for different reasons, and we'll identify those guys as we get closer to kick. But it won't be exactly full-strength BYU. But you know, we, when you're missing two of your top three offensive weapons, as BYU was against San Diego State, and the team you're facing is trying to run play clock and keep the offense off the field, uh, maybe it's not entirely coincidental that BYU had its worst total yardage performance of the season against San Diego State. Again, you were missing uh, total offense, or rather all-purpose yardage guys number two and three in, in Algier and Milne, or Milne and Algier. So they were missing a lot uh, against the Aztecs, and then style of play dictated that it was a, a lower-scoring and, and lesser yardage night. But I, I think none of those concerns are present here tonight. Uh, not only are those two guys back, but you're playing the fastest, 
most snap-happy team in the football bowl subdivision. And the odds makers have taken note. It's the highest over-under of any of the bowl games being played. And, and you hit on a good point with uh, the UCF broadcaster about the length of games. I mean, when, when you play fast, that means a slow game, if you will. Uh, as opposed to shortening the game with slower tactics, a faster tactic lengthens the night. And, and yeah, they, they have many games this year where you know it's beyond four hours of play. The fastest completed game this year. Do you know what it was? You already probably had that. Uh, was it what, like 4.15? No, 3.27 was the fastest. I mean, meaning it got over the quickest was 3 hours and 27 minutes. Oh, you, for, for UCF played a 3? Yes. Played it, one yeah, that quick? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so against Temple, uh, they, they, they did play a game in 3.5 hours. But uh, you've got four games over four hours this year. A 4.01, a 4.08, a 4.13, and a 4.19. And, and that's the opposite of the kinds of games BYU's been asked to play uh, late in the season. Um, you know, you look at San Diego State, 306. North Alabama, 259. Coastal was 320. Uh, BYU's had some, you know, 312s and 315s, 309. The teams they play want to get the game over quickly by taking as much time off the clock as possible. And USF is not. So, we're, I mean, we're just, or UCF is not that kind of team. So we're looking at an entirely different MO from Josh Heupel and the Knights, unless something goes totally haywire. You know, this should be one of those games where it goes late into the night and just snap after snap. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Knights specialize in, in quick strike scores. BYU's no slouch that way either. But whereas BYU will, will go on those long, you know, 80, 90-yard drives that take five and six and seven minutes, that's not UCF style at all. They have no scoring drives over four minutes and 54 seconds this year. So, Greg, this isn't the first time that BYU's faced a team with this offensive philosophy, and they've had uh, success. Other times, it, the games have gotten away from them. In those games that they've had success, uh, at least my you know this better than I, but I feel like it's been a shootout that ends up being a, a single-score game. What's been the recipe for overcoming the unique challenge that a high-volume uh, offense like this poses? Well, I, I think for both teams, it comes down to do you give the extra, do you give the other side extra possessions? Because neither team has lost a game this year when they win the turnover battle. And granted, BYU's only had one game to lose, which but they were minus in the margin that night. So you know, Coastal did everything it, it everything it could tactically to take BYU out of this game. What it might have come down to was that was that minus one for BYU on the night. And so the Cougars did enough things elsewhere where they actually could have you know expected to come out of coastal with the win they were exactly one yard short at the very end of it but um, you know that for for UCF has kind of been you know the tail to tell if they win the turnover battle they're going to win that game they're six and0 this year when they just win the turnover battle and this is a team as you talked about uh, that's generous defensively except when it comes to taking the ball away no one takes the ball away guys more per game than UCF so you have the you have the most powerful one of the most powerful offenses in the country. And you have a defense that takes it away more than anybody else. You throw those things together, you give yourself a real good shot. Greg, last question before we let you go. And and you've touched on a little bit of it, but the specific matchup that you feel, and there there are so many different matchups that can determine the result of a game, but the one you're looking at most that will be the determining factor on who wins and who loses tonight. Well, it's easy to presume that without Marlon Williams, BYU has a significant advantage at wide receiver. After all, you know, Romney and Milne are back uh, together, and, and, and UCF is missing one of the dynamic duo in Marlon Williams. Marlon Williams, 71 grabs, more than 1,000 yards, 15 yards a pop, and 10 touchdowns. He's their guy, and he's opting out 
of the bowl game, and he also opted out of the regular season finale as well. So what happened in that game? Well, not only was Jalen Robinson excellent, he's the number two to, to, to Marlon Williams this season, and Jalen's sitting just under 1,000 yards. But against South Florida, Robinson was the third leading receiver. Jacob Harris came in, five for 110 and three touchdowns. And so Jacob Harris got an opportunity with Marlon Williams out of the game, and he took advantage of it. So we can't automatically assume that suddenly UCF is shorthanded and, and hence BYU has a massive advantage. What BYU does have are its healthy top two together. But UCF showed in the last game that even without the number one, uh, the guys who might normally two, three, and four can do a very nice job. So I will get down to your matchup question and say, how does BYU handle the bevy of UCF receivers that can make play after play downfield? Ed, I mean, you've got, you've got three of the top four receivers averaging more than 18 yards per reception right now for UCF. They're a downfield team. They put the ball in the air a ton. How does BYU respond to that and handle it? They haven't faced a team like this, Jason, all year. The last two games were, were run-heavy so BYU's not been conditioned for this style of play, nor have they seen a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel all year. So I'm going to look there. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one tonight. I'm really looking forward to this one. Hey, and it's also the final, well, at least as far as we know, you know, talking about playing two bowl games was put out there this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as we know, it will be the last BYU football game of 2020. Greg, great insight as always. Riley will let you go as well. You guys can uh, get ready for your portion of uh, pregame coming up in uh, about a half an hour. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Chef. Thanks, Chef. There we go. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson on the other side. We will talk with our sideline reporter, former receiver for the BYU Cougars, Mitchell Jurgens. That's right after we take a 10-second station ID break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the UCF Knights in the Boca Raton Bowl. I'm joined now by our sideline reporter and former BYU receiver. He is Mitchell Jurgens. What's up, Mitch? How you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks, Jason. How you doing? I'm doing good. So... It, <laughs> I was just, uh, I have the TV here in the uh, the radio booth where I'm at, and the the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is on the uh, the TV. They're playing right now, Tulane and Nevada, and so they were showing the blue turf. And normally, when we look at the blue turf, there's usually some bad feelings, you know, <laughs> in regards to this. But those bad feelings are gone, my friend. BYU won there, and now they're looking to do the same in the state of Florida. All is well, my friend. Hey, all is well, and you know, and you're talking about blue turf, and I, I didn't know where you were going with that, but uh, I'd be down for another Zach Wilson perfect performance if uh, Ooh, an you know, eighteen my, for eighteen in the Boca Raton Bowl may even have a few more pass attempts. If you can keep that up, this may be uh, something special for Zach. I will just take the win. The st- I will let the <laughs> stats fall where they may, as long as the ultimate stat, and that's the final score, is in BYU's favor. How about that? I, I love it. All right, so look. With, with so much of the season pointing towards a New Year's Six Bowl, as a player, how much do you have to fight having a letdown because it didn't go that way? Yeah, d- to be honest, not that much. Um, and, and Well, actually, you know, I think it, it depends on the player, right? For me personally, it was always 
just another opportunity to go out and play the game I love. And, and it really didn't matter what the game was, what could have been, or anything else. It was I was going to treat the game like any other, and, and that was it. Um, and I know there are a lot of players who do the same thing, right? Um, now, players who are only focused on New Year's Six and that was it, then you know that could be a different story. Uh, but we heard week after week all season long that you know all BYU cared about was um, you know who they were going to play that week, and that's all they were focused on. Um, and so uh, you know I don't see it being an issue of concern with the players. Uh, and to top it off, I mean UCF is an incredible team with such a winning history in recent years. Um, and a win would mean so much for this program and would show the viewers that this BYU football 2020 team was legit, didn't matter, you know, about that Coastal Carolina loss. This team is for real, and, and they've had some, you know, real talent and had a special season. Mitch, I, I certainly do not mean for this to turn into the Boise State pregame show, but how about this news? Uh, Pete Thamel just tweeted this out. Auburn is narrowing in on hiring Boise State's head coach, Brian Harson to be their oh, wow. new head man. So when BYU takes on the Broncos next year, they likely will have a new head coach. That's, that's, that's quite the jump from Boise State to Auburn. How about that? No, that's, uh, that's impressive, right? And, and, and that's good for – I mean, that's exciting. Already looking forward to next year. I mean, that could be, that could be an awesome – I mean, it always is a good matchup, and, and that's just going to add another whole other dimension to it, which is, which is great. That's, Absolutely. That's and that, that game will be in Provo. Uh, but again, this is not Boise State's pregame show. It's just a little, little breaking college football news during uh, Cougar pregame live here. Um, which side of the ball for BYU do you think has the most pressure on them tonight? Because you, you could make a case for either side. It, the defense, because they have to slow down the Knights' offense. We know how good they are. But you could also say there's pressure on the offense because they, have, they can't have, have any slippage. They, they have to maintain what they've yeah. already done. So where do you fall in that argument? Yeah, you know, just like you said, Jason, you could go either way, but I'm actually going to side with, uh, you know, the defense having more pressure tonight. Um, You look at the, you know, look at the stat sheet, right, this season, BYU's averaging 14.6 per game against. I mean, that's that's spectacular, right? UCF offense scores 44.3. The amount of pressure, uh, you know, and the task at hand to hold UCF significantly under that scoring amount is, it's very heavy, um, and as I mean, this night offense is is extremely dangerous. So no matter how you know good Zach Wilson and his offense can be, you you, you can't expect them to score every drive, right? Um, it, uh, as much as we would like that, yes, it, you are it, correct. Exactly, you can't expect it, and so um, you you have to. I mean, it's up to the defense, right, to co- uh, to come up with a few few key stops. Uh, maybe just three or four, you know, will do it to prove to be the difference difference maker with such a high scoring offense in UCF. Um, so, so I'm going to go with the defense, right? They're, they're under, um, you know, some pressure to force the punter on the field, create turnovers against team, and, and UCF, they protect the ball well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the defense. The Central Florida offense is known for playing with tempo. I mean, to the, to the next level. We're talking next level tempo here. You've been a part of teams that played that way as well. How does the defense counteract that speed or maybe even how, how did teams that you faced when you were running that type of offense, how did they try and slow you down? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, what I'll say is that I mean, you have to first force turnovers uh, to swing momentum. You know, and then if the BYU offense, specifically in this game, if they can capitalize on those turnovers uh, with scores to take a lead or even expand on a lead, um, what it does to a, a tempo offense is it naturally makes them feel like they have to go faster 
to catch back up or make up for that mistake. Um, and, and as you go faster, right, you're going to be more prone to make a mistake, get sloppy. Quarterback's going to potentially make poor decisions, trying to force a throw or, or doing a little bit too much, um, more than what he's asked to do. Um, you know, it takes it takes a very mature quarterback to, to handle that type of situation with composure, to stay calm, just recognize, hey, it's, you know, just get first downs. We're going to punch it in eventually, but not try and do too much. Um, so, you know, the defense, in my opinion, you've got to force turnovers. Um, and then the offense, they can help out that defense, right? Capitalize on the turnovers, um, which is which would be huge in this game. All right, I'm going to ask you the same thing that I asked Greg a few minutes ago. Which matchup do you think this game hinges on tonight? You know, I've, I've said this before, Jason, and I'm going to say it again. I'm taking Zach Wilson against the 11 on D. Um, it's pretty and, good. It's pretty good bet. We've, <laughs> see, we've seen how he's played all year long. Yeah, and and, and the reason for that, I, I mean, you look at the defense um, for UCF, and naturally, I mean, you think, okay, that's going to be the weak spot of this UCF team. Which, yes, they give up a lot of points. Um, however, they they force turnovers. They're second in the nation um, in takeaways and number one in the AAC. Um, they've they've had twenty two takeaways in just nine games. That's that's a lot of turnovers. Um, so in a game where, honestly, we can expect Zach to potentially toss the ball around more than he ever has before um, against a team that is prone to make a big play, specifically in the secondary, um, I think this matchup is as, as exciting as it ever could be. Um, you know, Zach Wilson is potentially playing his last game in a BYU uniform. Um, I would love to see him go out, um, just put up some big numbers, fill up that stat sheet, and uh, you know, have have finished off this special season for a, a big win for Zach. Look, I I'm with you. I am expecting a big big night for Zach Wilson and these receivers. And you were talking about the defense for the Knights and how you know they they are good at forcing turnovers. But one thing they've not been good at, and that's playing defense in the secondary. They have been torched yep. by opposing offenses. Teams have been able to throw on them. And when you're going up against a guy that legitimately is probably going to be a top 10 NFL draft pick coming up in about six months, I like that matchup with Zach Wilson against this very young secondary of the Knights. Oh, yeah. You know, if, I, if I'm Zach, right, you're looking at this matchup and you're going to, to Roderick and Grimes and saying, hey, give me every opportunity to toss the rock. Um, uh, you know, I, I want to see him go over 400, four-plus TDs. I mean, and, and he can definitely do that. These receivers are, um, I mean, they're so dialed in. Neil Pau, he, he kind of struggled in the beginning of the season. He has come alive in the, in the most recent weeks. Dax has been consistent all year. Gunner, when he's healthy, it's incredible. Isaac Rex, I mean, he has the targets yeah. to do it. All these guys, you know, seem to be healthy tonight, and uh, I'd love to see him toss it around, give these guys, you know, have a number of 100-yard receivers tonight. Um, Let's just it, break it, some it, offensive records tonight. Absolutely. How about that? Let's absolutely. win the game and set some offensive records. All in favor? All, I'm in favor, that's what Jason. I, that's what I thought. Everybody listening right now, keep your hands on the wheel if you're driving. <laughs> We, we, know, we know you agree in the affirmative. Mitchell, yeah. great stuff, man. Hey, and after some really chilly temperatures, you, my friend, have finally been given the warm temperatures at the end of December. <laughs> this is amazing. This is what the bull game experience has to be like. And shorts? I Are am, you going shorts tonight? I'm, I'm, no, no shorts, Jason. I, I've said this before. I'm still, I still haven't been back to the gym, so <laughs> covering up the calves until I can get in shape. Then the shorts are coming out, okay. but... Uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's a good night for a football game. All right, we're going to enjoy this one, and we'll hear you with Greg and Riley on the broadcast. Thanks, man. Yep, thanks, Jason. You bet. That's Mitchell Jurgens. You'll hear him on the sideline tonight in the very warm temperatures of South Florida. All right, on the other side, we will hear from Central Florida co-offensive coordinator Alex Golish. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU and UCF getting closer to kickoff from FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida. It is the Boca Raton Bowl, the Cougars and the Knights. And whoever is running the scoreboard for this game tonight, hopefully they've worked out the muscles in their fingers. I have a, have a feeling they'll be uh, hitting the button quite a bit, although we're all anticipating this just being this unbelievably high-scoring game. Watch it end in like 28-24 or something. Just a defensive battle that nobody saw coming. That would certainly be 2020 wrapped up in uh, <laughs> with a bow right there, wouldn't it? All right. Earlier this week, I talked with the co-offensive coordinator of the Knights. His name is Alex Golish. He obviously helping that offense go. Here's our conversation. Coach, obviously, we'll dive into what you guys have been able to do offensively, which has just been fantastic. But when you look at the season as a whole, how do you guys as a coaching staff view it? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I think when you reflect on it and and look at the numbers, uh, those things are great statistics tell one side of the story for us our goal has always been to to be plus one at the end of every game um you know and and that's not necessarily cliche coach talk you you at the end of the day want to have one more point than than the other team so in a lot of ways the expectations are really high here and and we at times have reached those expectations at times have not um so point being at the end of the day the statistically we're, we're sitting in in the top five in the country in a lot of categories we're still sitting at at six and three, and the goal is obviously to be one and zero every week. And so we we feel like we've fallen short um, three weeks out of the season. That's the goal. That's what we got to get fixed, and and that's what we're working on moving moving into the bowl game here. What was the initial reaction to to the bowl game and to the opponent? How did you guys view that? Yeah, I, you know, we found out we were going to be playing in the Boca Bowl um, uh, really right after our last game against South Florida. So we kind of hung in and, and waited on who we were going to play. You know. I think uh, the kids and the coaches, you get anxious because you want to start getting ready and and try to have an advantage of some sort, even if it's a day. I think kind of went back and forth and we were kind of just trying to figure out, you know, who's it going to be. And as we were focused on recruiting there through the really entire week uh, leading up to the announcement, I think when the guys found out that it was going to be BYU, I think we all found out on Twitter right before we went out to practice that it was going to be BYU. I think we're extremely fired up. You know, you're talking about one of the, one of the historic programs in college football and, and so much tradition and so many great players and obviously having a phenomenal season this year. Uh, I think our guys, it's a it's a name and a brand that a lot of our guys have heard maybe aren't super familiar with just because of geographically where we are but Dylan Gabriel our quarterback is super familiar and I think I think him 
as the leader of our of our football team, I think it was instant that these guys were fired up. I think like they feel like they've got a lot to prove, and I feel like BYU the way the way those guys play on film, they they play every down like they got a lot to prove. So I think it'll be awesome. I think they're fired up. You mentioned Dylan, and obviously his season has been one that, that everybody's been paying attention to. What makes him tick? Give our listeners an idea of, of what this guy's all about. Yeah, he's he's one of the most competitive uh, young men I've ever been around. Um, extremely locked in, uh, extremely thought out, really, really focused. Um, I think he takes the, the position of quarterback extremely seriously. Uh, from a physical side, yes, but really from, from the mental side, from the leadership side, I think he's always looking to improve, always looking to get better. Um, he is a gym rat when it comes to, to film study asks a million questions. He's a coach's dream because he's always around. Uh, there's times you got to kick him out of the facility, tell him to go home. He's a football junkie. Uh, you could tell his dad was a great player and he learned and grew up that the only way you can be successful is if you outwork people. Uh, he's a little bit of a throwback in that regard. Um, so ultra competitive. I, I am darn glad he is our quarterback. Well, and with the numbers you're putting up, obviously he's not a one-man band. He got a lot of weapons around him and that's one of the reasons this offense has been so prolific. Yeah, I think we're, we're different in a lot of ways than probably what most people see in terms of how we play our tempo at which we operate and and Dylan really makes it all go but there is no shortage of weapons I think it all starts up front with our guys on the offensive line we're a veteran group they've worked extremely hard to have a cohesive group Uh, I think it starts with those guys and starts with the run game and allowing us to run I think the media likes to talk about the pass numbers for us it starts up front and running the football uh, I think that only helps open up the windows in the pass game and, and certainly allows those guys to protect the quarterback. Well, and over the last couple of weeks, the BYU defense has given up some rushing yards. I'm curious your overall thoughts on what you see on film when you look at the BYU defense. Yeah, very, very well-coached unit. Uh, there's not just glaring open holes all over the place. Um, very strategic in how how they play. I think the one thing you see on film is is the coaches understand the, the strong parts of that defense and understand the weaknesses. And they do as good a job as anybody we've played against in, in terms of hiding the weaknesses and trying to make the strong part of that defense show up, um, letting essentially the the guys that can make plays, letting them make plays and and understanding the deficiencies and, and being able to cover them up. Uh, there's not a whole lot of holes in that deal. Um, a veteran group that plays extremely hard. And again, not just coach talk. There is very little um, loafing around out there. Those guys play extremely hard. They run to the ball. You could tell they like each other. They celebrate. It's a fun unit to watch. Really, really cohesive unit um, on defense. At least it shows up that way on film. I know you don't go against the BYU offense, but you're certainly aware of the numbers they've put up. Do you anticipate this being a shootout? You know, um, do not watch their offense. We did get to see the offense earlier in the year uh, as we were preparing for Houston. So so really a big fan of the quarterback. Uh, boy, he's fun to watch. He was really fun to watch in that game. Runs around, makes plays, got an incredible arm. Boy, the, it, fun to watch. So I'm a fan. I, I'm a fan of good football players, and he sure seems like one. I know for us at the end of the day, offensively, we got to end up being plus one. Um, I know our defensive staff is preparing for an extremely good offense. If I'm not mistaken, one of the only teams in the country that's top 10 in offense and defense. Um yeah both. So huge challenge lies ahead for us. And and boy, we couldn't be more fired up to do it in Florida. Well, and you guys get to stay, as you mentioned, in the state and don't have to travel that far. I don't know if that's good or bad. Or maybe sometimes you want to get away, but coach, appreciate you taking a few minutes. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. 
That was UCF co-offensive coordinator Alex Golish. Appreciate him taking a few minutes to preview the game tonight. When we come back, we'll check out some other action in college football. There is a bowl game currently going on not too far from the state of Utah. We'll update you on the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, plus a look ahead to halftime, what you can expect uh, from uh, me back here during Cougar Halftime Live. We'll get to all that when we come back, and we'll wrap up Cougar pregame live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. One other bowl game going on right now. It is in Boise, Idaho, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl featuring Nevada and Tulane. Fourth quarter action, 10 and a half minutes to go. The Wolfpack with a 12-point lead. It is 32-20 in favor of Nevada. This is the game that is preceding BYU's game. Uh, on ESPN, so depending on how this fourth quarter goes, may slide the kickoff of our game between the Cougars and the Knights. We will have to wait and see. Coming up at halftime, we'll obviously give you the final score of the Potato Bowl, and we'll also be able to talk with former BYU quarterback and BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler. He'll join us to get his thoughts on the first half. Plus, hey, it is opening night in the National Basketball Association. We will actually have NBA games that will be played. In fact, the first one tips off in about 40 minutes, so we'll be able to update you on the first night in the NBA. That's all coming up on Cougar Halftime Live, but coming up next, it is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live was also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Happy holidays and welcome inside FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida for the 7th annual Boca Raton Bowl featuring 13th ranked BYU and UCF, one of the biggest non-P5 games in college football and postseason football. This season and UCF, one of the bigger names in the game outside the P5 over the last few seasons. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel. With me is the slingin', scramblin' southpaw, the former BYU quarterback, Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, this game is only the third game of bowl season officially, but it promises to be one of the most compelling and high-scoring games of the postseason. BYU averaging 43 points a game, UCF averaging 44 points per game, both teams prolific quarterbacks. If this game is going to be a shootout, as the kids say, 
I'm here for it. Me too, Greg. If we're going to fly all the way across the country uh, for the third time this year, let's get our money's worth. And uh, the previous two, uh, obviously Navy wasn't able to put up a fight. That was a little unsatisfying. We all remember Coastal Carolina. So this one, let's have a track meet. Let's have a shootout. Whatever your favorite analogy is for a high-scoring, high-flying football game, uh, let's do it. It's a beautiful night here in Florida, and I'm excited. You've heard from Riley Nelson. We'll hear from Kalani Sitake. After this, you're listening to the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's pregame interview next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues once again. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming to you from FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida for the Boca Raton Bowl. BYU tonight playing for its first ever win in the Sunshine State. The Cougs 0-8 all-time in games played in the state of Florida. The last loss came last season. BYU dropping a disappointing decision at USF tonight. It's UCF, the 10-1 Cougs, taking on these 6-3 nights. A team with two New Year's Six Bowl appearances in the last three seasons. UCF averaging 10 wins a season over the last four years, and that includes this year's COVID-shortened six-win campaign. Time now for our pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, whose team tonight takes on, by far, the best offense the Cougars have seen this season. When it comes to going fast and going hard, no one goes faster than UCF, a team that leads the country in plays per game and is top five in yards and points per game. Yeah, and they average a bunch of plays, and that's, the, I think, the uh, the high number of points that they put on the board is, is an indicator of how many plays they play. And I think they, I mean, they're they're never out of a game because they feel like they can score tons of points. And for us, uh, it's not. I know that um, Cincinnati and other teams that have played against them have really slowed, slowed down the clock. Um, you know, we have an ability to do everything. We can go fast. We can slow down if we need to. But I think the key for us is score points and let's get stops on defense. You'd like to keep these guys to as, as few points as possible, but they generally score against everybody. If this thing does get into shootout territory, I think you feel like you've got you know the counter punches to their punches. Yeah, I feel like our offense is – they're excited because in the other two games, everything's been slowed down so much, not a lot of opportunities. So they can bank on a lot of possessions here in this game. And, uh, you know, I think offensively we can, we can pretty much keep up with the best. And so we'll see how that works. And I think we've got a good defense to lean on to get some stops and, and provide a gap, you know, in, in the scoring there. And if we can do that, I feel like we're going to be in, in, a good, in good shape. And then having the, uh, the special teams be an X factor for us with field position with uh, Rico punting and then our cover teams and, and, and um, you know, looking at, at Jake Olderoy being a, a huge factor for us. And I said before, I like, like to see him kick PATs. Mm-hmm. Helps that you have a couple of offensive weapons back. You didn't have the season finale. Tyler Algier missed the, the San Diego State game, and so did Gunnar Romney, and you get those guys back. Yeah, it's huge for, for us to get them back. And um, looking forward to Tyler running the ball with uh, Lopini and, and then Gunnar doing what he does best, which is catch the ball. and, and make. I mean, he's a huge deep threat, and so I think he complements what Neil and, and – um, you know, and, and Dax do, and so you throw in Isaac Rex in the mix, and then we got a pretty good group there. So uh, feeling really good about the having those guys back and, and being uh, 
some weapons for Zach to go to. UCF doesn't have Marlon Williams for the bowl game. He didn't. They didn't have him for their last game of the season either. But they still scored fifty six, and and uh, there were guys beyond Marlon Williams to worry about in that receiving core. Yeah, the tons of athletes, and so uh, they're not lacking um, athleticism and speed. They have a lot of players that are deep, have offensive driven teams. So uh, I, I guarantee you, their best uh, athletes are, are out there that can catch the ball and run and and create uh, big time plays. And so. Uh, a huge task for us. It doesn't really matter for us to focus on the numbers. It just matters more just uh, us being assignment sound and tackling well. You know, I, I feel like our our defense is set for this, and I think we, we can defend this type of offense pretty well. But um, to shut them out is, is, a, is an impossible task for a lot of people. And, but like I said, like, let's play at our best and see what happens on the scoreboard. I, I have a good feeling about our players. What's your background with Josh Heupel, and what's the best way to describe his offensive philosophy? Well, I mean, I, I, you look at the way he and, and Scott Frost and you look at the, the background that they have, it's a mixture of air raid with kind of uh, very similar to what Lincoln Riley is doing at Oklahoma. And so he, he's a, a guy that has tons of offensive background and very smart. He's going he's gonna to find a way to get the ball in his playmakers' hands and, 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 and let them create in space. And so we have to be able to chase them down and make this field as small as possible and make sure that we're sound in, in our in discipline in what we do. Um, but uh, they have a quarterback that can spin the ball, and they have a running ba- run game that I think people, a lot of people don't talk about, that they can actually create tons of plays on the ground. So a very well-balanced team. I think they they favor the, the throw, and we, we just have to be able to stop whatever they get, they get to us. You're the highest-ranked team to play in a Boca Raton Bowl since the Bowl's been in its, ex- its existence, and a lot of people are looking at this game outside of the playoff games and the New Year's Six as one of the very most intriguing uh, bowl games of the season. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to the matchup. I think it's a, a – I think UCF, I don't look at their their their, um, their record really because those three games were very close win, uh, losses, and I think they could easily be undefeated right now. You know, they have that type of team. Um, they, they're very dangerous, and uh, I th- but I think it's a good changeup for us, especially after the last two weeks what we face, and really looking forward to the game. But I, I respect them a lot. I know they have a bunch of great coaches on that staff, and and uh, we're looking forward to the match. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Congratulations to you and BYU for finishing 16th in the final college football playoff committee rankings. First season BYU's ever been ranked in those rankings. Uh, your reaction to how it all shook out when the committee had their say? We were excited to be mentioned, and, and uh, we have a lot of things that we still want to prove, even with this last game. And so I think there's a lot of things that our players, uh, they've worked really hard, and, and, and there's a lot of things that we want to accomplish, and hopefully we can get that done in this game. We're looking forward to it. And, but we are, appreci- we are appreciative that we are being mentioned, that we're in, you know, in the spotlight being talked about. That, that's, a, that's a good feeling. It confirms how good this team is. And finally, congratulations to you for being a nominee for the Eddie Robinson National Coach of the Year Award. I know you're going to share that credit with a lot of people, but that's an awesome thing for BYU and for you. And, uh, again, kudos to you and, and the entire team. Yeah, I love being around this fan base. I love being around this program and around these young men especially and, and this coaching staff. So, you know, it, it it's a good sign um, when those type of things, you know, we have a, a – a player being mentioned for a bunch of different accolades like the Heisman and the Outland and different things like that and Blitnikoff and so uh, this is just another part of that and but this is an it's an honor for me to, to be their coach and just really happy that I get to be around these people. Well for the final time in 2020 thank you for another pregame preview. Best of luck in this Boca Raton Bowl and we'll talk to you postgame. Thanks Rick. Let's go.
That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake leading us into the Homie Home Field Advantage, brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homie Home Field Advantage, and BYU certainly at home in the postseason. The Cougars tonight are playing in their 38th bowl game and their 19th different bowl. BYU bowling for a 15th time in the last 16 seasons. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside FAU Stadium on the Florida Atlantic University campus in Boca Raton, Florida. On a beautiful day for the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. Seventh annual installment of a game that has featured nothing but blowouts in its preceding six years. Never has this game been decided by fewer than 15 points. And the average victory margin has been 27 points. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter, BYU fans everywhere. And tonight, BYU plays for its 16th bowl win all time and its 11th win of this season. BYU 10-1 so far this year. The Cougs last won 11 games back in 2009. BYU's last one loss season came in 1996. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth, joined by our engineer Michael Wimmer and spotter Tyler Gibb, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens, reports for us from the field level and in the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our studio host is Jason Shepard. Our in-studio engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay. Coordinating producer is Terry South. And our control board operator tonight is Cole Wissinger. Great to have you with us on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, in a season that has seen leagues and teams check in and opt out from week to week, uh, BYU's led mostly a charmed life. Uh, one precautionary game cancellation back in September. Otherwise, it has been essentially a full season of football. Tonight's game is BYU's 12th. A win would be BYU's 11th by any measure. It's been a remarkably successful season. The only thing this season was missing was P5 competition. And as the playoff committee uh, made clear, if you aren't playing P5s, you probably aren't getting in the New Year's Six as an at-large. And Riley, I would have loved to see how this BYU team would have done with this year's original schedule because I think the Cougs would have still won a lot of games. Yeah, and there's one game in particular I would have liked to have seen played out against the Utes. <laughs> but, uh, no, you look go, you go back and look at that, and those who have watched the game or at least seen some games on TV, ESPN loves that graphic where they have, you know, they scratch out the game and they do the replacement and all of that. But when you look back at that original schedule, yeah, I don't – I mean, this BYU team's good enough to go toe-to-toe with a- anyone in the country, um, at least competitively, and sh- and you'd think be favored in most of those games. So would have been exciting, but credit to the leadership, Tom Homo, Kalani Satake, the administration, everybody who 
forged ahead into the unknown, which was, you know, we've learned a lot in the last four or five months about COVID and all and its impact on college football, but we didn't know a lot back in July and August when BYU and the uh, coaching staff and administrative staff decided to forge ahead, find games to play, give these kids an opportunity to showcase their skills. I mean, just look at Zach Wilson. Went from a guy who nobody relative unknown i think a guy who when they watched him thought he was a good player to a meteoric rise to where they're talking about him being a top 10 nfl draft pick so giving the kids the opportunities to play and then giving all of us the opportunity to watch byu football was something that will always be remembered indeed more of the byu store cougar kickoff show straight ahead after we tell you that this season byu football and mountain america credit union are changing lives for each field goal byu makes mountain america will donate $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our preview of BYU and UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl continues right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. The BYU and UCF with fans in the stands. About uh, 6,000 or so expected here in Boca Raton, where all signs point to a shootout. And in contrast to many of the games BYU's played this season, tonight's game will not feature an opponent trying to run the play clock and grind the game out. UCF far and away the nation's leader in plays per game. And Riley, perhaps most frustrating for BYU and say the loss to Coastal Carolina was how few snaps the BYU offense actually got. Uh, that should not be a problem tonight. Uh, there promises to be plenty of possessions and plays for a BYU offense that has been held relatively in check in consecutive games by both Coastal Carolina and San Diego State. Yeah, and just because they're running up-tempo and they're getting a lot of plays out there doesn't mean that you do that. You have to. One of the biggest things here is not let the other team dictate your tempo, dictate your pace, dictate your strategy. BYU has been very successful when they've come out and established their identity. If the fact that UCF runs a quicker offense, their drives get over quicker, they get you the ball back, if that happens, then so be it. You get a few more cracks at it. But whenever you possess the ball as an offense, you can't feel like you have to keep pace because you aren't built to to run an offense like UCF is built to run an offense. You're built to run an offense how BYU is built, and you've been darn successful this year. So no point in in deviating from that here in the last game of the season. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show continues live from FAU Stadium and the Boca Raton Bowl on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar kickoff show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. BYU and UCF straight ahead in the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl. Fifth consecutive bowl appearance for the Knights. BYU playing in a 15th bowl in the last 16 seasons. Among the many numbers that stand out for UCF besides the gaudy offensive stats is one big defensive number, 22 takeaways. UCF averages more turnovers gained per game than any other team. So even though the UCFD is generous, uh, the Knights mitigate that yardage number with big plays and takeaways. Remember, uh, BYU's only loss this season, Riley, comes when the Cougars were minus in the margin. The turnover margin is going to be very important to watch during this game because you don't want to give UCF... They already are trying to get as many possessions in as possible, as many scoring opportunities as possible. You don't want to give them more, and you also don't want to limit yours. Now, uh, we were, when we were talking with UCF's radio analyst, he was talking about the youth of this defense. Obviously, you have the opposite on the offensive side of the ball with BYU, the very experienced offensive line, Zach Wilson, a three-year starter, and all the uh, guys who have gotten significant playing time and production around him. So it's going to be experience versus youth, and hopefully BYU's experience will be such that they don't give UCF those turnover opportunities that they're accustomed to producing. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. And uh, Mitch, Zach Wilson tonight expected to be playing his final game in a BYU uniform. If so, projections of a shootout uh, mean that he'll have a chance to go out uh, lighting up the scoreboard and the stat sheet as a result. This could be a fun one that way. Yeah, Greg, I said this in the pregame show with Jason, but Zach went to Coach Roderick and Grimes to plead his case about, you know, throwing the ball 40-plus times tonight. Uh, despite forcing turnovers, this UCF secondary has struggled uh, to cover and is majorly susceptible to the big play. Uh, or, sorry, and two of Zach's targets, Smith and Gunnar Romney, are honestly two of the best, uh, two of the country's best deep throws here. All right, that is Mitchell Jurgens down on field level. A little bit of a communication problem there. We'll try and fix the static we're experiencing in that channel of communication shortly with Mitchell. But coming up next, we'll have Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show, live from the Boca Raton Bowl on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.